Hey there, welcome to 2021. It's uh, Jason here at Salem Fields Community Church. We're just so excited if you've uh, decided to join us for worship today. I um, just want to let you know what you can kind of expect during these next few moments. Um, you know, we're going to be able to come together. We're going to sing some songs. So would you just kind of set aside all the things in your home, uh, the distractions, and just kind of uh, embrace the, the music this week as we kind of lift up uh, praises to God. He brought us through 2020, um, as crazy as it was, and he's we're bringing ourselves into 2021. And... Um, with that comes a new series. We're excited to be kicking off this Emerge series, and and uh, and Pastor James is going to be talking to us how we can embrace this emerged New Year living here in 2021. You know, um, finally, 2020 is in hindsight, um, and, and that phrase can be true. Uh, it's behind us now, and uh, the Apostle Paul tells us how to, you know, kind of how we can live and live triumphantly, um, live wise, um, how we can live with purpose and, and how we can live with what God wants. And we're going to be kind of going over that the next few weeks and excited about that. And, uh, you know, would you, uh, we want to make sure that we're best connecting with you here at Salem Fields. Um, if you would, would you take the time to fill out your connection card today? Um, there could be some prompts that are going to happen there in the chat room and you can just click on those links and just fill those out. We're excited to kind of engage with you here uh, on the online uh, campus. Uh, and, you know, um, I'd love to be able to chat with you in the chat room or just, you know, quickly pop over to the chat room and just say, hey, we're here worshiping. We're excited that you're uh, to be with you. And just so I can uh, greet you and, um, and, and know you're with us today. You know, um, we also want to encourage you to, uh, to as we kind of kick off the new year, that we uh, continue to faithfully give because uh, your giving um, helps us to support ministries around the world. Um, we've been able to help uh, Pastor James and Charity Anwa in Nigeria and, and Manu and his family as they minister in India. You know, and that, that, that cheerful heart of giving is also an act of worship we have with God. And uh, we want you to be able to embrace that as well. Um, you know, we're just excited again that you're here with us. Uh, please check in uh, at the very end of the service. I will come back to you and I will share a few uh, words with you. But right now, let's just kind of prepare our hearts um, for worship and just uh, lift praise to God. And uh, we're, we're excited to be with you. God bless. See you soon. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Good. Let's stand together and worship. This one thing I'm asking is nothing I'm needing. A moment's passing is not what I'm seeking. Like it's the air I'm breathing. I want your presence, feet on the earth, heart full of heaven. Deal for you, completely consumes me. I can't get up, can't get enough of you. Your fire burning right through me. I can't get it up, can't get enough of you. Get enough of you. Get enough of you. I'm after your spirit more than I feel it. Don't need a reason oh, to keep chasing who you are. Like you see, I'm breathing. I want your presence, feet on the earth. 
Let's sing zeal for you. Come on. Zeal for you completely consumes me. I can't get enough, can't get enough of you. Your fire burning right through me. I can't get enough, I can't get enough of you. Can't get enough of you. Can't get enough of you. Look at somebody and say hi. Hey, how's everybody doing? Happy New Year! Woohoo! You all can take a seat. We're, we're glad that you're here with wor in worship today, and welcome to Salem Fields. And if it's your first time or first time in a long time, a big welcome. And to those of you worshiping online, uh, good morning, good evening, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, just a couple of announcements, some things that are coming up in the life of the church. Well, first off, 2021. You know. It needs to get a little bit better than 2020. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah. The bar is low is like what we call it. So here at Salem Fields, we're a church that wants everyone anywhere to know about the love of Christ. And, um, and we want to thank all of you who have continued to give over the course of the year. Uh, we believe that giving of our tithes and offerings is an act of worship, that it's a part of the spiritual discipline of, of really giving back to God a portion that he has given us. And want to invite you to continue to do so this year. There's a number of really easy ways that you can do that online um, through the Salem Fields website by, by cash or by check. We also have kiosks if you're here with us in person or out in the lobby. And, um, and we just want to express our gratitude, especially for those who have continued to support the ministries here at Salem Fields. And also, um, uh, take a moment to take out your cell phone, take out your mobile device, and um, fill out our connection card. That's our way of connecting with you. And also, any prayer requests that you have. We take prayer seriously here at Salem Fields, and we know that there's a number of folks that are just carrying some pretty big burdens right now, and you might be one of them, whether you're here in person or online. And some folks that just really need prayer, whether through illness or just things that you're going through. So make sure you fill out a connection card. There's room for prayer requests. Also, any ways that you'd be interested in getting connected here, especially in the new year. And while you have your phone out, also check in on Facebook, check in on social media, let your friends know that you have perfect church attendance for 2021. And they can join us too. It's very easy. You can start a watch party on Facebook and you never know who that might impact, really. We've had people join us here at Salem Fields because someone has shared something, shared a post on Facebook. So make sure that you do that. And just a couple of notes, some things coming up. We're going to have a special prayer event that's going to take place on the 15th to through the 16th of January, 24 hours, 7 p.m. to 7 p.m. You don't have to pray all 24 hours unless you really want to. Then Pastor Kelly will love you from the bottom of his heart. But we're just asking you to sign up for a one-hour increment, and we're going to have uh, the church open. There's going to be a prayer uh, location for that to happen here as well as at home. So you can also join us at home. And we're going to open that registration, I believe, on Tuesday from the SalemFields.com website. And we just want to encourage you to join us in prayer for our church, also our community, and individuals and families as well as around the world. We want to start off 21, 
really, really strong in that way. And also, it's coming up in February, Night to Shine. We are super excited to join in the Tim Tebow Foundation once again this year in a very new and creative way. We're going to have a shine through. So usually, this building would be packed with a prom-like atmosphere for our friends with special needs in the community. Well, this year, we're going to do a drive-through version, and we need your help to make that happen. We still need some help to have some volunteers serve, and that's going to be on Friday, February 12th. I believe from about 4 to 6 o'clock, we'll need prep beforehand as well. And also some financial contributions, too. This is all made possible through donations. So you find out more, just go to salemfields.com slash night to shine, and we'll be in touch with you about that. So thanks so much for joining us today. We're going to continue to worship, so if you'll please stand with me. Let me out of the desert, walk me into his streams, river of living water, turn my bitter into sweet, all my burdens are lifted, take the shackles off my feet, there's no sound louder than the captain set free, let the redeemed, come on, let the redeemed of the Lord Say so, sing of his promises evermore. Pour thankfulness, let it overflow. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hey. There is joy in the morning, springing up in my soul. There's a life worth living because he calls me his home. There's a hallelujah after sweet victory. There's a sound loud in there, the captive set free. Oh, there's no sound loud in there, the captive set free. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Sing of his promises evermore. Pour out your thankfulness. Let it overflow. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He's our deliverer, amen. Can we shout amen this morning? All right, let's sing this together. You are my deliverer, the freedom I'm living in. You are my deliverer, you are my promised land. You are my deliverer, the freedom I'm living in. You are my deliverer. You are my promised land. Let your voice call. You are my deliverer, the freedom I'm living in. 
Give the Lord a hand this morning. Amen. He gives us faith. Amen.
Come on. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, Jesus. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say no. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, oh, we live for you, holy, holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you, open up my eyes in wonder, show me who you are heart and lead me, lead your love to those around me. Worthy, worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Oh, oh. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy 
of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Oh, we live for you. Only there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and Let's lift our hands up and surrender this morning. If we are declaring that God is building our lives and he is a firm foundation, amen, amen. He is our firm foundation. We stand on his rock and nobody else's. We're going to proclaim that this morning. Let's do that together. And I will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation i will put my trust in you alone and i will not be shaken lift your voice come on i will build my life upon your it is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you, oh Lord, and I will not be shaken. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around. Holy, holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes. Ha 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today in a spirit of worship, in a spirit of thanksgiving, Lord, because you have gone before us and you continue to lead us even in this day. And and God, you you know the, the burdens that we've carried from this previous year, Lord. You're not a, a stranger to pain or suffering, Lord, that, that you sent your only son and, and he died on a cross, Lord, but then you gave us hope because he was resurrected. And God, we give thanks in this day to know that any situation is never hopeless. Lord, that our hope rests in you, that it doesn't rest in our bank accounts or our achievements or what we have done or haven't done, but Lord, that we can place our full hope and trust in you because of what you have done. And Lord, what an amazing, amazing thing that is, Lord. And Lord, we pray a special anointing on Pastor James, Lord, today as he brings your word, as he brings the message that you have laid on his heart for this first weekend of the new year, that you would speak through him to our hearts, to our minds, that we would leave this place changed today, Lord, that your spirit would fill this place, fill the homes and the living rooms and the cars of those who are worshiping with us online, and you would speak to us today. And Lord, we praise you, we thank you, and we love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a long year. A year of uncertainty, struggle, pain. We've watched a virus take countless lives. People we knew people we loved. Jobs have been lost. Businesses have shut down. And churches have been forced to close their doors. We've witnessed division on an unprecedented level. Cities filled with violence. Streets filled with protesters. And we felt the sting of racism. The deep heartache of hate. There have been times where it's been difficult to see the hand of God. But even in the darkest of moments, He has been there, faithful, present, powerful. As a new year begins, we stand on a simple truth. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow faint. We don't know what this new year will hold, but we know that it's held by a God whose mercies are new every morning. This is where we place our trust. This is the truth on which we stand. This is our hope for the new year. Good morning to you. Good morning. Happy New Year to you. How you doing? (laughs) 
this is, uh, aren't we glad to be in the new year? I mean, I mean, I am so glad to have turned the page from 2020 into 2021 uh, in a brand new year. I mean, this is, uh, we, we look out and we see the opportunity and, and all that God can and, and want to do in us and through us for a brand new year. Last week, we started a brand new message series called Emerge New Year Hope. Emerge New Year Hope. And, and the premise of, of, that, uh, of that series was this, that, that as we emerge from 2020 and all of the stuff that we dealt with 2020, all of the stuff like COVID-19 and, and toxic elections, right? And shutdowns and, and lost jobs and lost wages and, and lost loved ones or friends or acquaintances, that we're not, we can do so not looking back and hoping that God somehow, that God somehow brings us back to some normalcy of the past, but, but that we can emerge in this new year hoping that God takes us into his future for us in such a way that we are empowered and that we empower other people. We just believe that God has given us a mission here at Salem Fields as belongers that we would know Christ and then take hope to everyone, everyone, everywhere. And so we just believe that God has more in the future for us than what we have seen in the past. And so last week, as we talked about this Emerge New Year, we talked about Emerge New Year hope. And, and we said that if we're, going to, if we're going to move into a new year with hope, that we need, to, we need to understand the lessons that Nehemiah taught us in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was in a situation where he looked at his homeland. He was a, an amazing, an amazing kind of aid to the king of the empire. He was a cupbearer. He put the cup in the king's hand. But as he looked at his homeland, he wasn't satisfied with just being a king's aide. He wasn't satisfied with being in the royal court when his homeland, the walls were torn down, the gates were torn down, and his people were with Without hope. And so Nehemiah did a couple of things that we need to do as we move into the future. He defined the problem. The problem was the people had no hope because the gates had been torn down and the walls of the city were in shambles. He defined the problem and then he went to God with the problem. God, here's the problem. Here's the situation. And he diligently sought God and then he was willing to do the hard work that it would take to make sure that the problem was solved. And so we said, as we turn the page from 2020 to 2021, that those three things will help us to emerge into the new year with hope. And so this morning, as we are now in the new year, we have new opportunities to embrace this emerged new year living so how do you leave 2020 behind and move triumphantly into 2021? The Apostle Paul tells us if we will do four things, if we will do four things, that we will experience 
new emerge new light near living four action steps that will help us as belongers experience emerge new year living the average lifetime let me start it like this the average lifetime uh, of the average American uh, spends like three years in business meetings 13 years watching TV. As, as kind of average lifetime of an average American, we spend $89,281 on food. We consume 109,354 pounds of food. We make 1,811 trips to McDonald's. Now, I wouldn't make a trip to McDonald's, although I ate there this morning, but I wouldn't make that many. I mean, I would, I would make some trips to Chick-fil-A and some trips to Sonic and some trips, uh, trips to Starbucks, but I, I would definitely not make that many. I go to McDonald's when, I, when all the other choices are gone. Maybe you like McDonald's. That's good for you. We spend $6,881 in vending machines. We eat 35,138 cookies. Maybe that's a good thing. We consume 1,480 three pounds of candy. We catch 304 codes. We're involved in six motor vehicle accidents over a lifetime. I've already been involved in five. I guess I got one more left. We're hospitalized eight times, men, 12 times for women. We spend 24 years sleeping Another breakdown of this average life of 70 years goes something like this. You can see it on the screen. Sleep 23 years, work 16 years, TV 8 years. Isn't it amazing that TV works that high up into the, into the, to the time? Eating 6 years, travel 6 years, leisure 4.5 years, illness 4 years, dressing 2 years, religion 0.5 years. In light of all of that, the Apostle Paul gives us some advice for how to live an emerged New Year life. He says this in his letter to the church in Ephesus. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. So Paul's talking to this church in Ephesus. And I don't know whether he's having a New Year message for him or with them or not. But I think this is some good New Year advice. The first concern that Paul has here is the use of our time. Most of us are very busy people, whether we're in school, in a hybrid situation, or a synchronous situation. I've never even heard of that word until COVID. Or an online atmosphere, whether we're working from home or we're going into the workplace, we are busy people. We are always in a hurry. We talk fast. We eat fast. Uh, we, we kind of live fast lives. We walk fast. And often we eat Far too often we stand up and say, excuse me, because we've we got to go. So, so these words in Ephesians 5 are important. He says, so watch your step. Use your head. 
that we're watchful, that we, that we use our head, our brains, that, that, that we discern, that we carefully examine. So there are some things that we can derive from Paul's advice. And one of the things that we can derive from his advice is that we need to be careful how we live because time is slip, slip, slipping away. So Paul says treasure our time to, to regard our time, to really think through our time because our time on earth is limited so he says, make the most of every opportunity that you have because you won't always have them. The psalmist and, and the psalmist, the, these people were writing songs and, and sometimes the songs were songs of lament. And so the psalmist shares some songs of lament when it comes to time. In Psalm 39, it says this, tell me what's going on, God? How long do I have to live? I mean, give me the bad news. You kept me on a pretty short rations. My life is a string too short to be saved. Oh, we're a puff of air. Oh, we're a shadow in a campfire. Oh, we're just spit in the wind. I mean, I don't know what he was going through, but this, these must have been hard times. Because the psalmist goes on in Psalm 90 to say this. We live for 70 years or so. With luck, we might make it to 80. And what do we have to show for it? Trouble. Toil and trouble and a marker in the graveside. <laughs> I mean, you could, have been a, you could have been going to church all your life and not wanting to hear that. But, but here's the reality. The reality is and those are some of the things that we deal with in life. So Paul tells us to treasure your time. You know, sometimes when you're my age um, uh, and when you're young, I, I'll, I'll call myself young, I'll pretend. Uh, when you're young and you're my age, 70 and 80 seems like such a long, long, long way away, right? I mean, it just seems like such a long way away, but, but time is relative. Because, you know, if you're talking to that special someone on the phone... You're going to be speaking for two hours and it can look like it went, away, it went so fast. And you'll say, man, that time went really fast. But if you happen to have a situation when you're in a waiting room and a loved one is having an operation. And, and, and maybe it's a two hour operation and it just seems like it goes on forever and ever and ever. And you ask yourself, what is taking so long? The psalmist says, oh, teach us to live well. Teach us to live wisely and well. A number of years ago, maybe a decade ago, People Magazine uh, published an article entitled Dead Ahead. <laughs> and, and I remember the, I remember the article because because it talked about a new clock, a new clock that keeps time of how much time you have left to live. And so what it does is it calculates the lifespan of 75 years for men and 80 years for women. Women get five more years because they're smarter than us. And so you program, you put in your sex and your age into the clock. And then, and then from that time on, you will know how much time you have left. And imagine they were charging $99.95 for this. Now, now, this seems like an engaging kind of situation, but I don't think I would ever buy it because there's something creepy about kind of having the countdown. Can you see it? You take out your phone and you look at it and say, oh, man, I lost another 10 hours. Right. I mean, no, not, not many people would want to do that. 
So, so here's the deal. And, 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 and here's, a, here's an interesting situation. The truth is the psalmist says that we ought to live wisely and well. So if I live to be 75, if I live to be 75, I have 22 years left to live. Now, I know I don't look that old. I know I look a lot younger. I know it looks like that I would have about 50-something years left to live, but I don't. I have 22 years left to live. And if you're in here 20, which would, would mean you would have about 60 years left to live, and one-third of your life is gone. But, but here's the deal. Do I really have 22 years left? Does a person really have 60 years left? That's just based on an average lifespan. It's just a stat. I don't have, I'm not even guaranteed one more day. Jesus wanted to remind us this, so he told a parable, a story about a certain guy. And this is what it says. Then he told them this story. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. And he talked to himself and said, what can I do? My barn isn't big enough for the harvest. Then he says, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And then I'll gather in all my grains and goods. And I'll say to myself, self, well done. Well done. I mean, uh, you've got it made. You can retire now. Take it easy. Have the time of your life. Just then, God showed up and said, fool, tonight you die and your barn full of goods, who will get it? We live in a world that constantly tells us we have all the time in the world to enjoy ourselves, to do what feels good. If, if it feels good to you, do it. You deserve a break today. We live in a world where Madison Avenue spends trillions of dollars having us think that we'll live forever, having us invest in things that are here today and gone tomorrow, having us pay attention to things that are not really important. But the Bible tells us not to count on tomorrow because tomorrow may not come for you and I. All we have is what we have right now. So our time on earth is valuable because it's a very limited. So what you do does matter. And how you and I spend our time does matter because our time is limited. And even though we get encouraged to never think about the end and to never worry about what's going to happen tomorrow, the Bible says, be wise. Be wise of how we spend our time. And then secondly, he says, make the most of every chance you get. Make the most of every chance you get because these are desperate times. We live in a time and an age that are desperate times. There are people without hope, people who, who look good, who dress well, who live in great homes and drive great cars who are without hope, and we have time, and we have energy, and we're belongers, and our mission is to make sure those people know that they can live with hope, that there's hope for them. These are desperate times. Jesus talked all the time about 
time stealers. And he said one of the, one of the, one of the things that the adversary the adversary, the devil, Satan, the one of the things he does the, the best is steal our time. He robs our time because he knows how precious our time is. Just think of the people that he encourages to, to waste their time in, in, in sinful living and in, in addictions and all kinds of habits and hurts and hangups. Just think about all the time that's wasted and, and gossiping and killing people with our tongues. Just think about all the time that's wasted worrying about things that eventually did not happen. Have you ever been in a situation and you worry yourself to death over something and then it does not even happen? And you ask yourself the question, why did I spend so much time worrying about that? Jesus went to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, good friends of his. And, and, and he went to their home and, and he sat down to teach. And, and Mary, one of the sisters, is just at his feet. I mean, she's, she's, she's listening to every word he says. And her sister Martha, Martha is, you know, Jesus has come. So this is not the time for Happy Meals. This is not the time for, you know, uh, 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 hamburgers. This, this Jesus has come. This is the Thanksgiving time. So Martha has put the turkey in the brine ahead of time and she's got up in the morning, right? And she's, she's starting to prepare turkey and, and stuffing. And this is what I eat for Thanksgiving. So that's what she would have been preparing. And some macaroni and cheese right and, and she's preparing all of this and she's pre preparing banana pudding because you got to have banana pudding and and cranberry sauce I'm allergic but my wife still makes it cranberry sauce and see you, you, she would have prepared be preparing all of this stuff right and, and she turns around and she I can I can imagine her peering you know one of those push doors she peers out the door and there Mary is and she's already made up her mind what's going on with Mary Mary's lazing it. Mary's pretending to be listening, but she's trying to get out of work. And so she, you know, she at first, she kind of gets herself together. But, but the more she prepares and the more she's running around, her apron is dirty. She's sweating. She's running around with her head cut off. And the more she does it, the more angry she gets. And so finally, when she's had enough the Bible says later, she stepped in interrupting them. So she interrupts the sermon. She interrupts the, the, the master. She interrupts Jesus and says, Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned me to, kitchen, to the kitchen? Tell her to lend me a hand. Can you imagine? So she's already made up her mind what Mary's agenda is. It reminds me of the older brother whose little brother comes home and he says to his dad, you know, this son of yours, not this brother of mine, this son of yours who have been out with prostitutes and all of this kind of stuff comes home and you throw a party for him? No one had ever told him what the son did, but he'd already made it up in his mind. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? You've seen your situation, someone else's situation, and maybe it looks better. Someone else's situation looks better than your situation, and you say something like this, they must have cheated. They must have paid somebody off. They must have done something wrong 
Because how can, how can they be living like this and I, I'm living, living like that? But Jesus comes on the scene. The Bible says the master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. She was getting herself worked up about stuff that was going to be here today and flushed in the toilet and within hours. And Mary was sitting and listening to the word of God. Every, everything that comes from the word of God. She was investing herself in that which was eternal. She was investing herself in that which will not pass away, that will, which will go on forever and ever and ever. And so he says, he says, make the most of every chance you get. So we're so caught up. We're so caught up in the here and now, so caught up in the stuff that's so temporary, so caught up in the stuff that will pass away that we fail to consider that which is eternal, that which is valuable, the things that will last forever. And why? Because we're in life overload. Richard Swinson, a medical doctor, wrote a book in which he discusses one of the major issues of our time, anxiety and stress. And he called the book overload. And he says that people are just plain overloaded. We're overloaded with commitments. We've committed ourselves to go here and there and take place in this activity and that activity and this social function and that social function. And as a result, people are seen always coming and going because we've overloaded ourselves with commitments. Good things, great things overloaded. We're overloaded with possessions. Think about it. Our closets are full. Our rooms are overflowing. We've gone into debt to pay for all the things that we simply must have. And now we're so afraid that someone will steal them that we go into debt paying for all kinds of insurance and all kinds of alarms and all this kind of stuff, these things to protect this overload of possessions. We're overloaded in our work. Some of us get up early. Some of us work at home from a home office. Some of us bear the traffic and get into traffic and experience these messed up work conditions because we now have to pay for all the stuff that we possess, all the stuff that we simply needed. And then, if all that wasn't enough, there's information overload. We have this great thing, like the, this, this great information superhighway, the Internet. Anybody around, I'm going to date myself a little bit, anybody around remember uh, Encyclopedia Britannica? Now, I was a little kid when they, I was a little kid. I just saw them just, just a little bit, all right, just a little bit. But there, was, what, there were about 20 books, and whenever you were doing research, you would go to those books and you would get all your research, and now we go to the Internet. You can put anything in. You can go to Wikipedia. You can get all of this information. The problem is we can't possibly absorb it all. And so now with all the other overloads, overload at work, the overload possessions, the overload of commitments, now we have information overload. 
And I could go on and on, but you get the picture. There are so many demands on our time, so many demands for our energy and for our attention, so many good things that need to be done, but there are only 8,760 hours in a year. And we've already used 59 of those hours when you walked into this place, <laughs> when you walked into this place at 11 o'clock, 59 of those hours are gone. So if we know our time is slip, slip, slipping away, and we want to make the most of every chance, every opportunity we get, how do we get that done? I am so glad you asked. You got to understand what the master wants. You got to understand what Jesus wants. Paul tells us, don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. What do you think God wants from you this year? What do you think God wants from you this year? If you were able to write a list and, and, you, and you titled it, this is what God wants from me, what would be number one? What would be number two? What would be number three? No matter where you are and where you're headed in your situation this year, have you ever given a thought to what God wants? If we know what our, our parents expect of us, we knew what was good, what was right, and what's wrong. If we know what teachers expect of us, what we need to do to get good grades, how we need to write the papers, how we need to attend, how we need to participate. If we know what our company wants from us, how do we do a good job and we do job performances and we write goals and different things. If we do all of that, wouldn't it make sense as believers? Wouldn't it make sense as people who call ourselves believers and belongers that we would know what God wants from us? Have you ever taken the time? Have you ever asked the question? What does God want from me? The Bible says this, throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full time. Remember you've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Throw yourself wholeheartedly. This, this, it's this idea of something 100%. We talk about gold and we talk about gold and 18 karat gold and, and, and 17 karat gold or 14 karat gold, whatever the case might be. And we talk about what's alloy, what's, what's the filler in that gold. And so we talk about carrot because of there's a filler, there's an alloy in there. But this is the idea without alloy, without any percentage that is left to something else, 100% wholeheartedly. Because you've been raised from the dead. And so Paul is saying, listen, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. And God has made that available by his grace. And so yet now we can be belongers. And he says, give yourself wholeheartedly into God's way of doing things. Give yourself completely. Give your whole body, not just part of it. Not 70%, not even just 99.9%, but give everything you are to God. That is what God wants from you and I this year. You say, man, James, that's some, that's a lot of stuff right there. 
That's a, that's a little scary right there. I don't know what that will look like. That's what God wants. I had a friend challenge me a couple of years ago. And, and, and he said this to me. He, he, he gave me this test. He, he asked me in a day, in a 24-hour period, how much time did I spend thinking about worshiping, talking to, listening to God, listening and taking direction from God? And at first, I want, at first my first response was, oh, well, all day, every day, all the time. Pray without ceasing, all this kind of stuff. But the more I thought about it, the more that I began to pinpoint it down, I realized that 10% most of the time, and on a good day, about 15%. And and so if if I'm asking what God wants from me, and I understand from God's word that he wants all of me, 100% of me, and I'm only giving 15%, then I have a priority problem. I have a problem. My aspirational thought is not matching my actions. Popular theologian and Christian writer C.S. Lewis said this, the only thing Christianity cannot be is moderately important. It's all or nothing. I'm a belonger or I'm not a belonger. I'm in relationship or I'm not in relationship. What he's saying that it, that it, it is this, that if Christianity, if being a belonger is true, then it deserves our whole life. But if it's not true, that if, if it's just fiction, if it's just something that we're hanging on to, if it's just something that we're wearing as a badge of courage, if, if it's just something that we're doing to just kind of get out of jail free card or get out of hell free card or fire insurance, then we're wasting our time. This idea of giving ourselves fully to God is a scary thing. So how do you do it? Let me give you some inclusion. Let me give you some New Year's, New You advice. The first way we do it is we establish priorities. We establish priorities. You can do everything in life. There's always going to be 101 things that need to get done that you need to do. So ask yourself, what is most important? What is my priority? And if you're a belonger, if you're a belonger, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he should be your number one. And most of us, a lot of us go through all kinds of stresses and all kinds of anxiety and all kinds of issues because we say we're belongers, but we put something else as a priority over God. For most USI Americans, it's money, our stuff over God. But if we're establishing priorities, and if if we're a belonger, then God should be number one. And then if God is number one, it will affect my, my decisions and your decisions, my scheduling and your scheduling, my relationships and your relationships. It will affect our, it will affect our whole outlook on life. So so if he comes first in my life, if he's number one in my life, if he's the number one priority, then I will worship him. I will worship him. I will connect with him 24-7 in an individual way. And then I, and I will come together in community, whether it's online or in the building, once a week I will come together to worship him with other people 
Because we need one another. Maybe you might say my second priority is my family. Kids grow up so fast and sometimes we're doing so much. I, I, I saw this in my dad and, and, I, and I said to myself, I'm not going to repeat this. But, but we, we do so much to give our kids everything they want or everything they need that we work ourselves to death. And what they need from us more than anything else is our time. It's our most precious commodity. Now, no kid is going to say, Dad, give me, a t- give me your time instead of a PS5. But you know, and I know, when we get to a certain age, we understand that PS5 is just the fad for the moment. Can I tell you the stuff that I bought for Jay that was a fad that he doesn't even use anymore? I bought him one of those flutes that you could play and you could plug it in and you could play it. I bought him one of those little things you get on and I don't even know what you call them, scooters, riders, whatever. You step on them, they just roll. Hoverboard, good. And I can, I just, I can have the list of things that I've bought him that are in, that were in that day and now that the hoverboard sits behind a chair somewhere. He takes it out every three or four months. What he wants is my time. And so time is important. And then maybe your third priority might be, you know, I want to I fulfill my calling. I want to fulfill my career. And so you say, I'm going to fulfill my calling, my career. And because we are belongers, we believe that everything we do, everything we say, we, we do to honor God. And so you, you have this reality where, we, you know, we hear Paul say in Romans 12, take your everyday life, you're going to work, you're going, walking around life and offer it before God is an offering. And so we begin to take our priorities and we put them together. And then the second thing that we need to do is learn how to live today. To make the most of every opportunity means that we treasure the moments that we have now The two greatest enemies of time is regrets for what you did or did not do and anxiety about what may happen in the future. So most of us live either in the past or in the future and forget the time that we have now. Most of us are engaged in this little game, I wish I were I wish it were last week. I wish I called earlier. I wish it did not happen. I wish, I wish, I wish. I watch HGTV. I know that makes me older, but I, I watch HGTV. And it's one of, my, one of my favorite channels. And there was a show that used to come on, and you can get it in reruns. And I love the show because it was called Dream Living. And the show's premise was this, that people would decide I'm going to stop talking about living and I'm going to really live. And so these people would just kind of kind of get out of the rat race on their jobs and they would they would go and try to really live out what they were dreaming about. And in this one episode, I remember it perfectly because the guy was was leaving his job and he was going to move to Central America and he was going to be involved in micro kind of micro business there and just live out his dream. And when they asked him why it was so important to him, he, he said this because my dad would say every day, one day I'm going to retire and then I'm going to do this. And he said in the show, 
that one day before his dad retired, he died. And he did not want to live his life waiting to really live life until he retired. Someone said, life is what happens to you while you're making plans to do something else. Another year has come and gone. A new year has started and we're on the horizon. Lord, would you help us to redeem our time? Would you help us to to take things seriously? Would you help us to treasure our time, to, to make the most of every opportunity and to know what God wants and then do it? God wants you and I to have this emerged New Year hope in the area of life. He moved into a neighborhood, died on a cross, and got up on Sunday morning, not so that you and I could just do life, but I think he wants us to do it more abundantly. He wants us to do life and do it more abundantly. And we've already learned that that's not about possessions and money. That's about understanding and treasuring time and taking the, take, making the most of every opportunity. You know that God has sent tons of opportunities our way and sometimes we don't even see them because we're so busy. Some of those opportunities are people passing us on the street. Some of those opportunities are people that we look at every day and we say, how you doing? And we don't even wait for them to say how they're doing. Some of those opportunities are opportunities to look in the eyes of individuals and really ask the question and really wait for the answer. Some of those opportunities are prayer opportunities. Some of those opportunities are giving opportunities. Some of those opportunities are sharing our story opportunities. But God gives us opportunities and he calls us to make the most of every opportunity and then know what God wants. So let me read this New Year greeting to you as I close. May you have enough happiness to keep you sweet, enough trials to keep you strong, enough sorrows to keep you human, enough hope to keep you happy, enough failure to keep you humble, enough success to keep you eager, enough friends to give you comfort, enough wealth to meet your needs, enough enthusiasm to make you look forward to tomorrow, and enough determination to make each day better than the day before. You have 8,760 hours in this year, and 50, 60 now have already passed. So Paul says, so watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly and unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you. Thank you for giving us your word. We can go to all kinds of self-help books and we can read all kinds of books of how to live in a new year and how to make resolutions and everything like that. But I think your word does a better job than any of it. Father, so this morning you're challenging us to 
to be wise, to, 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 to be wise about our time, to make the most of every opportunity and to find out what you want. And so, Father, as we move into this next year, Father, would you help us to understand that you're not the God behind us in the past pushing us to the future. You're the God in the future beckoning us towards you into the future. You have new opportunities for us, new things for us to accomplish, new people for us to be, being before doing. You want to take us to a new level in the relationship where you, we, you have with us. You want us, you want us to give our 100% to you. And the good news, Father, is you will help us do that in 2021. And so, Father, I can imagine there are people listening to me online or people right here in this auditorium who would say, James, I, I live 2020 in a 50% capacity way or, or a 10% capacity way or, or even a 99% capacity way. And, and, and I know God wants all of me he wants me to take my everyday life, my walking around, my going to sleep and, and doing life. He wants to take that and he wants me to give it to him as an offering. And so maybe you would be here today and you would say, James, I, I've not, not done that, but, but I, I want to do that. And, and, and I realize that God the, God, the Holy Spirit will empower me and help me to do that. And so I'm going to make a commitment today to live out those four things that Paul talks about to the church in Ephesus. If you want to do that, and if you will commit to do that, I think, I know, I don't think, I know that God, the Holy Spirit, will empower you to do so. So thank you, Father, for your empowerment. Thank you that you're still in the business of drawing people to yourself, of helping them live surrendered lives. Now, I also imagine there might be people here who, who don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me at home or even in the auditorium. And before you can do all of this, you've got to say, Lord, here I am. I've done my own thing in 2020. I, I've turned the page into the new year, and I want to give myself to you. Forgive me of my sin, my rebellion. Forgive me for doing my own thing and, and come and take up residence in my heart. Come and live inside of me. Take over. Be the CEO of my life. Jump into the driver's seat. Forgive me and, and help me to live for you. And if you're like that, you can pray a prayer like that. And God will answer that prayer. And you can move into 2021 with a new relationship with a God who loves you most and knows you best. Father, thank you for what you're doing in these days. Help us to be belongers who treasure our time, who make the most of every opportunity, and who know what you want and do it. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Hey, folks, thanks for coming today. Love you guys. Have a blessed new year. Hey, we, we're glad that you uh, were with us for this uh, service. We hope that you, now um, that Pastor James has kind of delivered this first message, we'll be able to, to kind of kick off 2021 living out this embraced um, life of being, living in an emerged life and of existence in 2021. You know, we're so glad that you're there. You know, if you want to be uh, more connected here at Single Fields, we encourage you to participate in our deeper dive discussions that take place uh, throughout uh, the week. We have Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, kind of little blurbs that kind of go into 
deeper questions about the the sermon and Pastor James breaks that down um, with Pastor Kelly as the host there. And then, you know, we also want to get you connected if you're with us here in the area or just uh, somewhere in the world and you want to just be part of a, a small group. Would you just email me at jason at salemfields.com or you can email me at smallgroups at salemfields.com. I'd love to get you connected with a, with a, with a life group, a community group that uh, just that you would be able to feel like you're part of something um, that you belong to. And we're excited about that. And we're going to want to start up some digital meetups that will just happen through our, our Zoom and different platforms there as well. So no matter where you're at in the world what, worshiping with us today, if you want to get deeper connected, we've got a way for you to connect. We're excited about it. We're excited that you were with us. And we hope that you have a great week. God bless.